0: Ragazzi, we are back with another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio, told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello, uh, and I, it is my privilege to welcome back Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. It's good to hear your voice uh, in, in, in live, I should say. Yeah, good to hear your voice again as well, Richard. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the obvious question, how are you doing? How How is the family
1: Doing better, doing better day by day. Uh, it, you know, things get uh, uh, piled up even more with, with the whole COVID-19 thing going on here, and I live in one of the hot spots now at the at present here in the States, so uh, yeah, you know, people go a little stir-crazy, and then, you know, just in, in personal, you know, each day I'm getting better, you know, and it was good to hear, you know, a pod, podcast, the first podcast I heard was, you know, you and Phil uh, last, last week, and that was really great to hear. Uh, and then creating that video recently also helped as well, so, you know, I'm just back and trying to get get back to the normal as best as possible, as safe as possible. And
0: uh, yeah, just uh, day by day getting better. So how about you? Yeah, same thing. It's a day by day thing for me. And I want to once again thank Phil Shane uh, uh, for stepping in. That was an excellent conversation. I, I told class. him it would only... T- I, I told him it would only take an hour and it ran over. And I felt so well, all of our podcasts run over an hour. And mm-hmm. but I felt so awful. And I, I apologized to him after the recording. And I said, Listen, I, you know, we just, I, I just carry on, just start, you know, talking. And I, I was trying to be mindful of the time, trying to find some things that I can, you know, keep and cut out and all that other stuff. But he was uh, truly nice about it. And um uh, you know uh, and and uh w- left the door open for us to have him back on and hopefully we'll uh will be able to do that uh, but under the condition that we can uh recap some games with him so absolutely absolutely yeah so uh yeah we had a love the chance to talk about how he captured uh you know Milan's win over Juve uh when Locatelli scored and and Donnarumma made the save so um <laughs> he said that uh he said that he was he was fortunate that he you know i paraphrasing him he was fortunate Matteo Benetti was with him to help him <laughs> you know kind of kind of ground him a little bit and Matteo could capture it a little bit it's just uh, you know uh, but it was great to have uh, have Phil on and uh, looking forward to having him back on uh, again soon so um, uh, but uh, we what we're doing today is uh, we we do have a, a topic that we do want to cover real quick as far as the possible resuming of Serie A. Um, and then we are, uh, we, we basically took to Twitter and we said, guys, ask us anything, anything. And uh, you all came through. So a lot of this podcast is going to be answering your questions. Um, Richard has done his due diligence and has gotten them organized. Have you gotten them sorted by which are Calcio uh, uh, pertinent and which are uh, just spitballing about life?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fairly well. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun to, as we go through them for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's always interesting. There's always interesting stuff, uh, including how to make a, a popular Italian drink. We're going to get into that a <laughs> little bit. Later. So um, already some some discussion about what you should use and and how you should ratio it. And I don't want to spoil it for the listeners. They're just going to have to listen. So, um, but well, let's get into some. Let's get into the current state of Serie A and the topic of them resuming. Okay, we had an article that came out a couple of days ago that had seven clubs uh, objecting to the restart, uh, you have outlined in detail that Brescia is chief among them and in, in your video, uh, trying to get into Massimo Cellino's uh, mind,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, good luck. Uh, I that's a, uh, that, that's, that's a voyage that you're on your own there. Uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you did pretty good. Um, but anyway, uh, now we see that all 20 clubs are in agreement uh, that was a recent report, I think is yesterday by Gazetta among other publications. And now, uh, furthering that, okay, well, let's talk about it. They're all in agreement to find a way to resume the 2019, 2020 season. They'll need backing from federal authorities, but now, um, they have many questions here that they want adequate, adequately answered. And they, they really surround three areas, Richard, uh, health, uh, first and foremost contracts. And then of course, legal guarantees, Hmm. Um, And uh, I'll read I'll read a little bit here um, from uh, Gazzetta. Uh, my understanding is that tomorrow is that the league is going to also meet with Vincenzo Spadafora uh, to uh, to further discuss the plans for uh, restarting the league. Right. Um, but here, here are the healthcare requests. requests uh, that the clubs are not to be excluded from the debate on the adequacy and feasibility of health and organizational protocols. Uh, two, that the health protocols must respect the reasonable estimates of availability of the screening and systems and periodic examinations to which athletes must undergo. And three, that any federal measure that intimates the resumption of retirement training continuation of the calendar should specify in advance who is responsible for for property and criminal liability and exempt the clubs from any risk of involvement hmm. in the event of contagion of athletes in recovery phase and compliance. I think this is just a long way wind, way winded way of saying, listen, health protocols need to be in place and it's need to be in place in a situation where we, the clubs can cover our own ass. Right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, uh, I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, squirting around it. I mean, it, most people are in agreement that really they believe the, the, uh, the spread of the virus from Italy into Spain was really part of that uh, Champions League match between uh, Atalanta and Valencia. I thought that was a big co- uh, contributing factor to that. Um yeah, you need to be keep the health as number one. Absolutely, you know the safety of the players, safety of everyone involved uh, in these matches needs to be take top, top billing and uh, you know screening them as best as possible. And I, and I understand. I mean, mo- this sounds like you know twenty lawyers uh, talking to FIGC trying to get this straight, but uh, it's it's coming from a place of uh, of, of they coming from their heart basically, and sure. Um, I, I I'm in total agreement with it. you got to be as safe as possible because we do not want like a second wave ca- happening and then losing a season maybe more. You know, so we got we got to be smart about this.
0: That's just it. That's just it. Uh, moving on to the regulatory requests, um, and I'm reading Gazeta's article. I sent Richard a link. We'll uh, maybe we should have uh, have this up on Twitter uh, for folks if they want to check it out. This was on Getzetta Online uh, today um, from a regulatory and legal point of view. Uh, Very important legal conflicts must be resolved between the resumption of the championship and the effects of contractual rights originating. Because these contracts, when they're structured, Richard, they end if there's an expiry in 2020. It expires on June 30th. OK, you know, the calendar year for football and especially Calcio and, and, and in Europe in general is July 1st through June 30th. So, um, you know, so that's something that has to be, you know, that has to be noted. Companies have different fiscal years. It's not always January 1st to December 31st, much like, you know, the football contracts are, you know, July 1st to to June 30th. Um, So specifically, they're looking that they're certain that the extension of agreements beyond June 30th to end the season with respect to contracts relating to loans with the right or obligation to redeem and in general, the temporary assignments or with the right of repurchase in force between each club and other club are valid not only within the same federation, but also with different federations, since for reasons of calendar or less epidemic impact, there could be different slips in different countries. Um, uh, to clarify the possible resumption of the championship and subsequent interruption for consequences deriving from contagion COVID-19 what legal effects the individual players or entire clubs could suffer. Uh, And then, you know, three, ensure the relevance in the federal context of the agreements concluded between companies and members regarding the waiver of one or more monthly payments for the period in question and and or deferment. I mean, I'm going to stop because there's also a fourth point. I mean, you know what I'm getting at. The clubs basically, if they've got rights to players up until June 30th, they're looking for dispensation to allow those rights to be extended uh beyond that date should the season yeah w- should the season resume and have to extend beyond that date that only makes sense the issue is is that players that are on loan uh that are from clubs in other countries that okay say and i don't know if we got anybody on loan from the belgian pro league who canceled their season and plan to start next season on time or i believe the Eredivisie divisie is suspending everything until september i thought i read that recently I thought um I too. yeah so you know, if you've got somebody on loan from one of the Dutch clubs, you know, do you have to give them back June 30th or can you work with them to allow them to remain with your club if you need them? So, um, there's some, uh, it's a, it's a little muddy on this one.
1: Yeah, that's going to be difficult because that's going to have to be a case by case basis based on what league, uh, the players are coming from or have to go back to, uh, and depending on what their local rules are in, in those areas. Cause, uh. I don't see a, a one answer fits all for everybody right it, it really depends if it's something you're dealing with like Belgium, the Belgian League or the Dutch League it'll be a far different result than you're dealing with the uh, Belarusian League the one league that's still going on or the um, I don't know Spanish League you know so it really depends case by case and it's gonna be interesting how
0: uh, UEFA gets involved with this and, and, and all of European all European leagues. Yep. And then there's general questions that everyone wants to ask. OK, one, in case of contagion of a player, will the quarantine obligation be triggered for the whole team? And what will the consequences of, on the continuation be on the continuation of the championship? What do you have in place if someone ends up co- on your team, ends up COVID-19 positive? Do you you know how do you what you what's your protocol going to be um, Two, where will the games of the 2019 2020 season take place? How will the security measures of the teams be guaranteed when traveling? Uh, And then three, what will the consequences of a possible lockdown period arranged nationally or by individual regions of the Italian territory after the definition of the withdrawal and training period and the resumption of the championship? So, um, I mean, these are the these are the questions that all need to get answered. It's not like and everybody here, you know, with respect to trying to reopen the economy, you know, is 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 using the analogy of saying, hey, you can't just flick on a switch here. Um, and it's the same thing here with trying to resume Serie A. You're not going to be – yeah, are they trying to get it back? Are they trying to finish the season? Yes. Do people want to see this season finish? I think there's a little bit of a sentiment starting to grow a little bit that they want to see the season resume and, and complete. Now, you and I have talked for many weeks that just be done with it. Two-thirds of the season's already been played. Um, you know, but I also said to Phil last week, I love Calcio. Yeah. So if they were able to resume it and come back, I'm not going to fight anybody, and I'm not going to fight anybody that feels that way.
1: Exactly. I mean, we all want to see Kyle Cho back or, or just football back in general, and, um, you know, we'd be foolish to say that, you know, oh, yeah, just be done with it. We we, we in, in our hearts of hearts, we want to see something back on TV, albeit healthy and, and safe and everything, but – um, yeah, I, I would not be against if it, if it were to start up, uh, as long as it's done the right way. Like, I don't want I don't want anybody in any league to rush to judgment and then uh, get get in trouble again with 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 the, with the virus. So, um, long as we're smart about it, and you know, the the curious case will be when you know if someone does um, get sick during the during the league, what happens then? Do you scrap the league in period or in general or what? Uh, a lot of questions still have to be asked, but I think we're drawing much much closer to uh, the start of this thing and. Uh, I think another key aspect is giving enough time for these players to resume training and 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 have their training period, as I as mentioned on the video, because we don't want to risk injuries as well, right? It, that's another factor. Yeah, you want to be safe from the virus, but you want to be uh, you want to prevent injuries as well. And the, the, the players outside of Ronaldo uh, need time to train and get back into top shape. So
0: <laughs> oh, Ronaldo needs to get in shape too. Let's just, let's let's not forget he's a, he's <laughs> he's thirty four years old. He
1: probably has his home gym. His training is actually with him at home. Uh, I, I do know that because he flew him in just before the, everything got really bad.
0: Really? Okay. Well, I guess when He's you got that game. kind of, I guess when you got that kind of money, you can do that. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so ultimately, here's the thing. I, I like how you know when I when I'm seeing these questions. Okay. I like how smart they're being about this. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and maybe I, I, I'm being a little harsh saying the clubs are trying to cover their own ass with those health questions. I, I think they're just yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pull that back and say, I think they're just trying to cover their bases, you know, and they're trying to make sure that they they do this safely. They do this with the safety of everybody involved that's going to be involved in these matches. So, uh, and I think that they're hitting on all of these points and yeah, the regulatory things too, with, with contracts, with, with players that are on loan, um, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. So you do have that, that you have to, um, that you have to consider in all of this and will, you know, and, and, some of this is going to be a UEFA issue with a lot of the leagues that are going to be resuming that they're going to probably just authorize all federations. Look, uh, you can go beyond June 30th and, and we can, you know, this contract, the contracts are good until or through August 31st, for example, you know, uh, you know, just some sort of special dispensation, uh, you know, that allows the clubs to keep players on loan that they need to keep players uh, that they need before their contracts run out. Because, you know, if you don't have that in place and you're trying to resume a season, well, you got guys here that contracts expire on June 30th. All right. And just imagine you set a schedule where the last Serie A game, match week 38, is in the middle of August. But you can't extend these contracts beyond June 30th, 2020. Um, if And let me tell you this, and this is going to be harsh on teams that support these kind of clubs. But if it was me and I was playing for, say, Sassuolo uh, or Torino or, you know, some of the mid-table clubs that really there isn't anything to play for, there's there's not probably not going to be Europe, and you're safe enough to not get relegated – and if my contract expires with that club on June 30th, 2020, and the last last match day is, say, August 15th, my last day with that club is June 30th, 2020, I'm going to protect my own investment because um, yeah. if the club's not re-signing me, I'm done playing until the next season starts until I can sign with another team.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, there are going to be some players that just want to be, be out there playing, but you, know, you want to protect your investment. It's your livelihood, and... Uh, they get paid for this kind of stuff, after all, right? So, uh, yeah, that's probably the same mentality I would use as well. And um, you know, of those originally, before all twenty teams uh, agreed to the start of the season, there were seven teams still holding out. A bunch of them were the mid-table teams, like a Torino and Bologna and stuff like that. Uh, and then you also had obviously the bottom dollars like some Doria Spal and Brescia. But um, yeah, exactly. If you're in the middle, if you're middle of the table and you have no, no, you're not going to get in Europe. You're not going to get relegated. You know, cover your cover your ass and 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 not risk playing if you don't have to, especially if you're a lonely player. Uh, I can totally see that uh, that scenario happening. So it'll be really curious to see how this all works out. Whether uh, teams get a a free loan for six months or something to work this out or what. Um, uh, I'm gonna be following this very closely. But I, some maybe something like a six month uh, free loan or something to add on. Uh, so you can keep the players or or waive it for a few months, kind of like you were suggesting. Those might be the the best options at this moment.
0: Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure, no doubt about it. So let's uh, good questions being put out there and and uh, and uh, getting out on, out there on the table. So uh, that's that's how we've got to get this thing started. Uh, so now we'll uh, you know we'll see the, the the conversations then will happen on Wednesday with Spatafora. Um, who I believe is the sporting direct it, it, Italian sporting director what did I call him last week? I don't have last week's script if, see if I don't have scripts i'm I'm useless <laughs> 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 you can tell we're rusty even though I did one last week um but but no uh you know whatever we, his role uh, where he's 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 wanting to get things going too but I think that he's gonna be you know if if they're meeting with him or if they're having a summit with him is my guess is that he's the liaison between this the clubs and um the government, as yeah. far as getting all of this, trying to get all of this off the ground. So, um, you know, so we'll see how, you know, we, maybe we'll, we'll get some more definition as far as the roles of, of everybody involved in trying to make this happen. So we'll see. But uh, I got to say, the, the, the talk of Calcio possibly coming back and resuming is actually encouraging me a little, Richard.
1: Yeah, you hope that it feels like there's light at the end of the tunnel, uh, even though it's so maybe far away, at least uh, you know, have some calcio back in our lives. It'd be uh, better than just watching the same whole, same stuff, reruns uh, over and over again. So, Yeah.
0: Um, that's all we got is the, as far as talking about uh, Serie A current events. Go to Serie A down on Twitter or Instagram. The reason why we're not talking transfers is because I want to tell PSG to go fuck themselves. You have Kurzawa, you have Bernat, you do not need Teo Hernandez. Leave him alone. <laughs> I saw that rumor today. And a couple of publications, so I already, <laughs> I'm already bothered. So go find somebody else. Um, that's that's just all I have to say about that. So, um, And then there wasn't really a whole lot as interesting this week as there was last week. Uh, you know, uh, possibility about... Donald But I think we, you know, we'll we'll save that because I think that that was asked uh, among yes. the questions. So, but uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of this podcast is dedicated to your questions. Thank you all so much for asking. And uh, Richard, let's get to them.
1: Yeah, as Don Cornelia says, give the people what they want. Right. Uh, we're gonna start off with a, a good friend of the show, Raul, uh, we're, better known to you and me as Uncle Sharma. Uh, he says. Where do you think Tonali is most likely to end up? Uh lots of rumors circula- circulating about the the young uh Pirlo like player from Brescia, um linked to Juventus Inter uh Milan. I mean not only just Italian clubs, but even other, other clubs in Europe. Um um let's let's stick with the teams in, in Serie A. Uh where do you think he's most likely to end up?
0: Um Wow, I mean Inter just looks like they're linked to every possible midfielder in the world these days, aren't they? Antonio Conte, that's what he does. Yeah, I mean, I mean we and, and we talked about this at length last week with Phil. It says this is the pattern with Antonio Conte. He is he he wants to be busy every transfer market. He wants to just change over his team every single time. You know, we're talking about a midfield that has guys like, you know, Brozovic there, you have Barella, you have uh, you know, Vecino, and last week we forgot. You know, we're talking about all these players, we didn't even bring up Stefano Sensi, who was the revelation of the Serie A season until he got hurt. Yeah, so you know, you got all of these guys, Borja Valero is probably on the way out. Um, you know, if La Tauro goes to Barcelona, players might be coming in return, and, and and Arturo Vidal may be one of them, Ivan Rakitic may be one of them. We talked about that last week. So Inter's a destination for Tonali only because it's Inter and Conte is, you know, gonna be, gonna gonna be interested in him. I don't know how he fits in that team and in that particular setup. I mean, how you know, what do they want to be as a midfield? Because you're going to have all of these parts and you're going to have all of these mouths to feed. Um, Juventus have to upgrade at midfield. Um, you know, uh, you know, Pjanic's. Looks like he is he is trending downward, uh, at least from his performances this season. It hasn't hasn't gone particularly well. He might have a little bit more to give. You've got Bentoncourt who's on the rise. Uh you've got Matt Tweedy, who really is a body. I mean, you tell me what he's done that's really been meaningful for Juve. Um, you know, or maybe he doesn't have to do anything meaningful with all the guys he's got around him. Um, you know, Sandro Tonali could fit at Juventus. Uh I'm selfish. I would love him to be at me. I would love for him to be at Milan. I thought I read that he's a Milan fan. Uh, and I thought, I think that that could be an interesting midfield with the combination of him and Benacer. And if you try to get Cassie into that mix, um, so it's, it's a great question. Where would Tenali best fit? Uh, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at all of these teams, uh, I'm going to give you an interesting one, Richard, and I'm just speaking on the tactics of this. Stay at Russia. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm scared to do this because certain oh. people we've had on this podcast are going to get a semi.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Um, Lazio. <laughs>
1: yeah?
0: Can you – I mean, can you put him in front of that back three and then you've got – you can turn Luis Alberto and Sergey loose and you can have Tonali doing things from deep lying positions you've got you know Immobile and Correa in front as far as fit that's pretty damn good the yeah. one thing that the one thing that i think that from a functional standpoint with Inzaghi's teams look who's playing in that spot now Lucas Leva you need a tackler there because Luis Alberto does a lot of the playmaking i just think it would be i would i would think it would be a very very curious to see you know Tonali in that role at Lazio um, you know, so, uh, and then I, you know, I think Roma might be a possible fit for him too, uh, with Fonseca's setup. I mean, I, there's a fit. Those are teams that are probably not going to be in for him. Um, but when I look at it tactically and when I look at the systems, these teams play Tanali could be pretty good for either of those teams.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a nice shout, you know, Lazio and Roma. Um, yeah, uh, that, I think they would do, he would fit nicely in both those clubs there. Um I, I you know, he would learn a lot from Lucas Leva and maybe he would learn, you know, some tackling aspects and stuff from him as well. You but you wonder if that'll ultimately, you know, take away from his skill set, but who you know, who knows? Um that would be a good fit and Roma as well. Um so let's see. I would love, to, obviously, have to have him at Milan. I think, you know, next to Frank Kessie would be, would be amazing. Um, you know, Ben Asser is still up in the air about what what kind of role he's going to fill there. And, and Bilia is not going to be there much longer. So uh, you can see him fitting that nicely there. And if that project, you know, by Singer uh, does come to fruition, he, he'll become part of an up-and-coming team, a young team and really build with them. But uh, for immediate success, you're probably looking at more of the, the, the two big teams in, in the league at the moment, and that's uh, with with you know much respect to Lazio, who are currently in second. Um, Inter and, and Juventus, right? Uh, both those teams would look to be prominent in next year's uh, Scudetto race as well. By all accounts, uh, Juve obviously is every year, uh, but you you would expect Inter to make a really strong surge next year for that. And uh, Inter would be a a logical uh, location for him just because uh, there's questions about whether Brozovic to be able to stay. Uh, I know I've heard rumors about Sensi. We, we you talked about Borja Valero probably be gone, uh, so there might be room for him there in the midfield. Uh, my concern with Conte, though, you know, Conte would make find a way to make it work, and 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 Inter would probably be a very strong favorites to win the Scudetto next year. The the in how do I put this? The insecurity of his position is there with with Conte. Conte, you know, flies by whoever's hot, and so is, so he could have a real lack of uh, progress, uh, or it could get stunted with Conte. If Conte gets uh, uh, angry with him for whatever reason, he might just bench him, and then, you know, he's not going to get playing time, and it hurts, his, it hurts his his productivity. It hurts his uh, his chances with the Azzurri so a lot of factors there. So he could win uh, right away if he goes to Inter, but I actually think probably the best fit is going to be with Juventus. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned all the aging midfielders that are leaving. Sarri loves these kind of midfielders, a like Jorginho type who – can pass the ball like like no other, or, or you know, sensational with the free kick, uh, ball, and he would fit perfectly with Asari's system. Um, I think at Juventus he would be able to get pitch time because there's you know, Pjanic is on his way out probably. He's not gonna get that much pitch time. He's getting older. Kadir is older. I mean, the the guy, the pieces that are there are not. Don't have their position stapled, other than you know Cor, Uh Matuidi doesn't even have his position locked up. It's mostly the front guys who are locked up in their in their positions and the back end guys. So, uh, I think there's a potential for him to have a good starting time uh, with Juventus as opposed to Inter. Inter, he would win. It probably could win at either either club, but I think for his progress on the pitch, Juve would be a, a good spot. He has a lot of talented players around him that he can learn from maturity wise, and um, he would get he would be on the pitch in a system with a manager who. Loves the registas and loves them to control the game, as we've seen it in the past with all his teams. So um, that's that would be my choice. But yeah, I, I kind of with you. I kind of I would love to
0: see him at Milan uh, on a personal note. Yeah, obvious. Juventus desired Milan. Uh, very very interesting. Lazio, although Lazio is probably Lazio is certainly not going to be in for him. But I would not be surprised
1: um, if you went to Enter, honestly. What's that? I would not be surprised if you went to Enter, just the way things you know. Inter is becoming a destination spot right now.
0: It would be a. I would be. I, I. I think it would stagnate his progress if he went there. Agreed. Okay. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Milanese. I'm. I'm saying this because the, of the surplus of players that are there already. Um, I think Juventus yet works because. You know, and we talk about this. You know, when you know, if Juventus decided to go Pogba 2.0, which is the topic of topic du jour last week. Yeah. That, that would stunt the progress of a player like Bentoncourt, where a player like Tonali isn't gonna isn't gonna necessarily do that because his role is a lot different uh than Bentoncourt. And then you can have a midfield combination where Tonali's doing the deep line playmaking. Bentoncourt does a little bit of that, his technique's really good, but the one thing Bentoncourt gives you is he gives you tackling and he gives you ball winning. He gives you the occasional yellow. Um nothing wrong. So he does get a little careless, but you know, what ball winning midfielder doesn't do that. So, you know, (laughs) and you think of, you know, you think of the dynamic of Gattuso and Pirlo in Milan's midfield. Gattuso did all the ball winning. Pirlo did all the deep lying playmaking. Yeah. You know, you'd have a a pretty similar dynamic. You'd have a you'd have a pretty good parallel there at Juve. So, uh, I think though,
1: honestly, I think the likelihood of where he would end up is probably going to be Inter. Not that I don't think it's the best fit, but I think the likelihood is more likely. Conte has a way of drawing in this talent. I think the likelihood
0: is. Most likely enter, but I would rather him go somewhere else for his development. I'd hate TV. it. I'd hate it. I'd hate it for Tenali. I would. I would. I, I hate just it would.
1: Too. I'd hate it too.
0: I mean, but if it means somebody like a Brozovich becomes available to somebody like me, a Beeline, that guy's been killing us for years. Yeah. So, <laughs> so great talk on Tenali. Um, so, uh, which I, I, I kind of want to piggyback this because a good friend of mine uh, from here at home, Alex Tool. Uh, did ask a question here, um, and he he asked me, uh, who is the best young talent featuring for Serie A sides? Um, you know, and Sandro Tonali is obviously the the place that you start. Um, you know, Hild is he's in the he's in the vein of an Andrea Pirlo. Uh, you know, and, and and you know, and when you're gonna bring a Pirlo the the 90s the 90s fan I mean needs to bring up Dimitri Albertini because many will tell you that Albertini was Pirlo before Pirlo was Pirlo. Yeah. Um but uh, you know so that's where you would start uh, as far as young players. Kulishevsky is another one that jumps uh, off
1: the off the radar.
0: Swedish international playing for Parma, Dejan Kulishevsky, absolutely. He's actually now Juventus's property and on loan at Parma. Yep. Um but uh, another another dynamic guy uh, that, uh, you know, look out for this guy, uh, absolutely blew up for Parma this season. Um, I, you know, Jeremy Boga, yeah, uh, I was just having gonna a, say him. having a fantastic season at, uh, Sassuolo. Uh, I believe he's still, is he still pro- uh, property of Chelsea? I believe so. Okay. Um, you know, so I thought I read that things were getting worked out where Boga was going to try to stay in Italy. Uh, but, um, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, Christian Kwame, another another name. kwame's uh, an excellent talent. He's Napoli's property, uh, currently with Genoa. Genoa still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this is why, you know, when everything's... We susp-
1: haven't games in a while. Yeah, when to there do haven't been wear. games, you
0: just kind of, yeah, you, you drift. But um, maybe the reason why Inter can be comfortable with uh, selling Lattaro Martinez is uh, Sebastiano Esposito. Uh, yeah, yeah forward for inter uh young player that is that is that is on the rise um andrea pinamonte yep andrea pinamonte who is he property he, he's Inter's property or is did I they finally so
1: i think he they finally got sold but i'm not positive on that i thought i sort I heard okay um, uh, orcelini another young young talented super talented player yep um Oh, man. He, he, I mean, I believe he's still Juventus' property, but I mean, what a player he is at, uh, with Bologna. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of young
0: servlets. Yep. Uh, Mirage Kumbula of uh, Hellas Verona, the defender, yeah. uh, had oh, an yeah. outstanding season uh, uh, this year. Uh, another guy to watch. Dusan Vlaovic of uh, Fiorentina. Yes. Um, and Chiesa, obviously, yeah. Uh, and then obviously Federico Chiesa. You've got Nicola Zagnolo of uh, Roma absolutely um i mean you know we got a lot of veteran players in italy but under the surface there are some very very good young players Teo hernandez Uh, as you mentioned about psg trying to court him now i mean he's obviously a a talented player there so sure you know making their mark uh elgif elmas is only 19 years old and has had some pretty key performances for napoli so far so uh there are some uh some pretty good players obviously delete fabian too Fabian, mm-hmm.
1: delict, yeah,
0: delict obviously came over from Ajax this year. So uh, yeah, plenty of young players uh, uh, in the uh, in the mix here, uh, doing well in Serie A. So no, thanks for that question, Alex. Uh, what do you got next year, Richard?
1: All right, uh, this is a two part question from our friend Steve in Montreal. Uh, we'll we'll answer the we'll ask the Calcio one first. Um, the tweet says steve here a couple of questions this is steve from milan weekly podcast by the way Uh, (laughs) steve number one if financial fair play is shelved for a couple of seasons does milan flex their financial power or do we continue on this buy young build and sell philosophy uh i'll give it to you first
0: well first of all steve uh um Putting yourself out there on on Facebook, at least uh, showing you, 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 the man has a passion for washing dishes. Have you seen this? I know I've seen it with the doing a little dance, playing a little music, Whitney doing a little da- dancing to Whitney Houston. So love it. You kn- Stevie. You knew we were going to call that out. <laughs> so <laughs> um, no, I, um, it's inter- I mean, it depends on what they do for manager. Okay, if it's Ragnick, then yeah, we're going to have. another another injection of youth coming in uh you know because i think that that's going to be what the project is 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 going to entail um milan is one of the clubs that considering the ffp difficulties that they've gone through i don't know if they want to get into a muscle flexing exercise yeah you know to his point UEFA would come back quick yeah i think i think they would want to You know, continue to buy smart, get young players, get key veteran players like a Simon Kiar, uh, you know, who was very, very helpful until he got hurt. Um, Still helpful as a veteran and having that presence. And then, uh, you know, finding a, you know, you're probably not going to find somebody as class as Ibrahimovic. Um, So my wife just wanted my uh, her uh, her wine uh, corkscrew. I stole it so I could open a beer. happy wife happy life that's right (laughs) there she goes yeah that's gonna be on the pod (laughs) so um uh so anyway um where the hell was I? Oh, podcast uh, gets derailed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I Milan need to be careful. They can't afford to to mess around and, and and flex financial. Try to flex any muscles. They'll they'll have visitors from FFP again, and I think they want to get away from that.
1: Yeah, I I I think they should not be like uh, like Conte wants to be here at Inter, uh, just spending free willy. I, I think they should be. Um, tactful with this, so uh, continue on with you know, uh, buying young, building the team, not selling, uh, keeping the players and, and building and developing a team, uh, a good young core that could play together for years, uh, and then occasionally inject some money in key areas, you know, one player, maybe two, but nothing crazy. Uh, you know, if you need a striker to, to really nail this down, uh, a veteran striker or something like that who who can put goals in the back of the net, you know, go with that. Or maybe if it's a, a defender to help out Romagnoli, whatever. I mean, some kind of veteran leadership that, that has a lot of uh, – can give a lot to the team to help them out. But I think, you know, keeping with the young tradition, uh, building the team that way and, and having a good so- solid core, not selling them off is probably the best way to go. Um and you would think with Ranik coming in, you know, if if that's what happens, um that's kind of be the philosophy they're gonna go go with is as as have a young team and, and build talent through there because he's done that obviously with RB Leipzig. So um you would you would imagine that would continue there with Milan. If
0: Ibra doesn't come back, would you go for Milik?
1: Yeah, yeah, why not? I sure. mean, that's that's that would be like a, a, a tactful move in my mind. You know, spend a little bit of money to get him, and at least you know you're gonna get some goals. Uh, and then you can build
0: youngsters around him to feed him the ball. Yeah, yeah. You maybe don't interrupt. You don't. You maybe don't interrupt the system that's currently in place. Assuming if it's Peoli still, still managing, because I've seen that get bandied about. I've seen, I've seen rumors about what Napoli want to do with their attack and uh, Mertens leaving, Milik leaving, uh, Mister Nada possibly coming in. That was the latest one. Um I heard about from the lawn possibly too. <laughs> oh god, I I don't know if I could be in good conscience cheer for him. Um <laughs> so I we'll, we'll see. I mean it's just it when he
1: scores, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, when, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, good for you. Go back over you there have now. Here,
1: Wanda, every
0: day. Oh my gosh, that would be. Annoying. Oh, we'd have to have the camera on her face at least yep. twice a game. You know, when did the highlight packages when he was? I remember. Intern. Yeah, every, like, every damn package. Five you times a game. A package. I don't give a shit what she thinks about what's going on with the game. Okay, <laughs> she's not playing. Stop putting the camera on her. So, this public service announcement brought to you now. <laughs> 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 all right uh, what else did steve have to ask
1: uh it's non culture related do you want to, to ask that
0: sure sure why not
1: all right uh
0: number two he says uh seeing and we have different- to do this because steve is going to just fast forward to when we address his question and then we're going to be enough. done answering his question he's going to turn it off so go ahead S- so
1: uh when we posted out the question we had a, a gif of uh uh what's his name Chris Farley doing his you know living in a van down by the river so he asks your gif I would like to know who's your favorite SNL character of all time
0: as Saturday, a sorry Wisconsin- no, as, as a Wisconsinite uh and as, as uh, coming from the area where Chris Farley came from I am I am thoroughly embarrassed to be associated with you for that Chris Farley impersonation let's start there <laughs> um <laughs> That aside, that wasn't even the funniest thing Chris Farley ever did. I know <laughs> the funniest thing he ever Chippendales? did. Chip No, no the the Swedish TV where he, with the the caffeinated Colombian coffee crystals.
1: Oh uh, no, I don't remember that. I got to go back and watch that. <laughs> it's on the
0: it's on the best of Saturday Night Live Chris Farley CD which or DVD which I own. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's surprised to be told that he's drinking decaffeinated coffee basically and he goes on this absolute rage in this restaurant <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely priceless so um uh, you know god man favorite satellite okay I, I loved uh, you know and and when i was a teenager we had nick at night nickelodeon which is like nighttime nickelodeon at nighttime like programming contemporary programming for, for for grown-ups and you got to watch that it's like the, they had the best of saturday night so they had you like through the formative years of saturday night live and i loved uh john Belushi's samurai character <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing um the the, the cheeseburger uh skit oh, was yeah, always was fantastic um and then uh uh Lots of that. Eddie Murphy as Gumby. I know I saw somebody do that, Jeff. That was yeah, that was yeah, that's that one. That's, awesome. a, that's a classic I, one. I, I've just got a collection of favorites. I really can't. There, there's really just not one for me. Um, you know, the, the the church lady was great. Yeah, um, Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek was great. Those are all Oh, the Jeopardies were classic. Oh, um, yeah. they were some of the funniest things I've ever watched. Anything so. Eddie
1: Murphy really? Because he was like, "Who is it?"
0: Yep, oh the Mister Ro- Mister Robinson's Mister yeah. Mr. Robert Mister Robertson's neighborhood or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty good. The old Bill uh, and, oh my
1: goodness. That, oh yeah, man, it's, it's so hard
0: funny. to it's 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 hard to pin it down to just one. It really is. So, uh, but those would be a handful of the ones that uh, that I found to, to to really enjoy through the years. And uh, yeah. you know, and anything Chris Farley did was gold. So yeah, yeah. So how about you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean those are. I mean, you pretty much those are pretty much some of my favorites right there. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, I, I like when Christopher Walken would come on and be as a guest and cowbell. Oh my god, <laughs> the cowbell! And when he was uh what was he? The one guy who um, in his library and he was always, always hit on the women. Oh god, the creepy guy. Oh, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Anyway, anything Christopher Walken did, obviously Eddie Murphy. Anything he did in Bill Murray and uh, there's so many good ones. I'm like I just don't. Have, I'm like it's more for me a moment, a ma- uh, uh, of moments as opposed to just individual you know characters because there's so many good things that that I, over the years that's happened. So um, and obviously with a newer generation, kind of was like uh, even though it's a lot of silly stuff, it's like those broke uh, Lonely Island guys with with their music with a uh, you know Dick in the Box and a lot of other kind of stuff that they had. I thought those were kind of funny and creative. So. Uh, It's just a bunch of little things. Nothing one, no one character stood out for me really. Uh, So many funny moments throughout the years.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's great stuff. It's been not something I've watched. I probably haven't sat down and watched a Saturday Night Live in about twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I watched the forty year. yeah, yeah. a few years when ago. When you get our age, you know, it's, it, bedtime comes around like 9 o'clock. So well, you get you know. kids. You go to bed early. I'm not staying up to watch Saturday Night Live. And I guess they did us a favor. I think they have it on at like 9 o'clock now on Saturday nights. But even then, I'm doing something else. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, it's just not that I don't like it anymore. I just haven't found the time to, uh, to sit down and watch it. So, so, but no, those are those are ours. I'd be interested to hear what everybody else's are uh, when they hear this. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I saw some of the commentary and it's kind of funny, like, you know, the Gumby and other ones where we saw a church lady. Those are good ones. So, great stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, next question from Vijay Raman, uh, a, f- a former guest of ours. He had his first cap with us this season. Uh, his Calcio question is. Which Italian players do you all believe could improve the most in the next year seen as Euro 2020 has been postponed and which young player or players not in the squad may make that step up or make that step up uh, Well we talked
0: about we talked about Tonali. Yeah. So but did you have answers?
1: Oh uh, well, yeah, Tonali obviously uh, I think Chiesa could He's already got a spot on the squad, but I think he could improve immensely. Hopefully, uh, with you know with, with the addition of um, Vlaovic uh, at his side, they really could become something special there. And so hopefully that'll aid in his confidence there. Um, obviously, you want to see um, the young uh, Zaniolo become healthy and get yeah. back to where he goes. that's that's a big one. I think we uh, the the Azzurri need him. Uh, to be a, a top level, he may not be the starter, but you know he'll be an awesome uh, sub. You know if he's not starting, so you need him back healthy, and hopefully he becomes really healthy. And we're going to really look at his development going forward, and then um, um, Romagnoli had a pretty pretty solid season, uh, and he's got he's pretty much staple with the Azuri, but uh, I like to see him improve a lot more, even though he he's done fairly well. And then uh, some up and comers. Um, I mean. we Orsini is going to be his, in, in the mix, I think. Uh, Pinamonte, um, some young guy. And then what's
0: the guy who's you over? Think Mon- at, you think Pinamonte gets in? I mean, I think you, you got Immobile, you got Belotti.
1: It's going to uh, be hard. It's going to yeah. be hard, but
0: he's he's starting to get really, really good right now. And then the last
1: one is uh, to keep an eye out for. Uh, he's playing with Monaco right now. Oh, what's that young guy's name? Oh, my goodness.
0: Pellegrini.
1: Yes, yes. Watch out for him. Okay. I think, you know. Uh, he could have some uh, massive development if, you know, if the leagues continue on and he gets some playing time. Um, he could he could get into the fold somehow just on the cusp. Yep. Uh,
0: it's a great opportunity for uh, Stefano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, again, we talked about him earlier. He has, you know, he had been coming on, uh, you know, for inter and then his his injury issues have kept him out. Uh, you know, so hopefully the things since get sorted he is out fun to watch since he is fun to watch. Very much so, and then I think a lot of it's going to depend on you know as far as Federico Benadeschi, it's going to depend on what his next steps are for his club career because if he is if if he's not long for Juventus, where he goes next, um, uh, you know, this could be one of those players that and he because I'm I'm reminded of a couple of qualifiers where Chiesa started and struggled and then Bernardeschi came in and made a difference, you know, basically in the same role. You know, your point, Chiesa is going to grow in confidence and it's going to make him a better player a year from now uh, for the Itzuri. But Bernardeschi, I'm wondering if if he is going to end up being one of those players that's just better when he puts on his country's colors uh, than he is for his club. You know, you get plenty of those guys. Uh, so, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see, but I think a lot of it for Bernardeschi is going to have to do with where he ends up next. Uh, I don't know if he stays at Juve. Um, you know, if, you know, there's talk, there was several weeks ago, there was talk that Milan, he could end up at Milan. Um, I would be lukewarm about him coming in, uh, to be honest, but uh, he, he's, he's one that that's interesting since he's another one, like, like I said. Um, and then how about Immobile? Because I think that we talk about him and we talk about how he thrives in certain systems and we talk about how Mancini's four, three, three, he isn't there yet in general in a four, three, three, he hasn't gotten there. Um, you know, now you know he 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 kills it in Inzaghi's three five two, and he's he's basically killed it in any system where there's two strikers. Um, you know, adapting to the tactical responsibilities of being the the center forward in a four three three, being the striker in a four three three, more international breaks, more FIFA dates for Italy to play for him to get those reps. Um, it can be said that you know if he ends up leading the line for Italy at Euro in the, at the Euros next year, that having some extra games in that system will be valuable to him.
1: I think that the, uh, who wins the battle between Immobile and Belotti will be interesting. I, I, personally, I think uh, Belotti has more to give in terms of being able to play in the midfield if he has to, you know, you know come back and get the ball and 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 spread the ball around. Immobile is a fantastic striker. Belotti's obviously his his goal scoring has gone down uh, since his uh, breakout year, Uh, but I think whoever wins that in in terms, in the eyes of Mancini, is the one uh, who who can who can lead us to glory. I think, and and if Immobile continues on on the pace, at a torrid pace, he's in in Serie A with the Azzurri, then great. But you know, he hasn't he hasn't done that yet. And neither neither of those players have really stepped up uh, with the national team. And maybe somebody else jumps in. You know, it's great that you have these these gaudy numbers in the league by both these players, but if you don't perform in the national team, someone else can jump in and, and take your spot. I mean, look at Miroslav closely. He's never had a, a decent club career, maybe the one year with Tony uh Luka Tony at Bayern. But other than that, he's always been a starter for Germany yeah. because he brings it for the national team. And so if if another another striker out there uh, is looming, and then he gets hot for the azuri There you go. There's your starter.
0: Mm. Not unreasonable to say that Belotti is a better fit for Mancini's Azzurri right now than than Immobile. Right now, right that now, can yes. that can change over the next 12 months. So, um, you know, we'll just do. Yeah, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. What else did VJ want to know?
1: Uh, non calcio. It is. He asked. Uh, Goodfellas, Godfather, Bronx Tale you all what's your favorite between these three good movies three good movies um I, I will go first go um ahead. I love the Godfather series right i mean the um the Godfather, the Goodf- the Godfather series uh, I do love them they're classic characters uh Marlon Brando i mean you uh, know uh, everyone who's in those movies are freaking amazing, but I like the Goodfellas because it has a little bit of comedy in there and uh uh, you can watch it in one city, and it feels like you have to have you have to have like dedicate a weekend to watch The Godfather, as great as it is. You need to devote some time to it. And Goodfellas, you know, hour and a half, and you're done. And it's it's a it's a good movie, really good movie. So I'm gonna go with Goodfellas, just slightly over Godfather and Bronx Hill.
0: Um, I I mean, Godfather is the original, so for me, that's the best. Um, I, I liked I liked Goodfellas. I mean, you you said Goodfellas series, you know. Kind of a slip of the tongue, but I mean, you could say the Irishman's part of that if you wanted to call it the yeah, good yeah. good fell Goodfellas if they were retired. Yeah, um, the <laughs> so, retired fellas. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it actually, it wasn't anything like that. But somebody quipped about that earlier, and I was like, I, I, it, it amused me mildly. But um, Godfather for me because it's the it's the movie that set the tone for mob movies, you know, or mob related. Uh, entertainment going forward. Um, and it was a very good movie. I, I actually think as a movie, Godfather Part Two was better than The Godfather. Um, but Oh, yeah. But uh, it's one of the rare times where the sequel was better than The um, But The Godfather was great. Uh, and then... I actually it's a it's a toss up for me between Goodfellas and a Bronx Tale. I'm going to go go just slightly Goodfellas ahead of Bronx. I thought the Bronx, I thought a Bronx Tale was excellent. Yeah. Uh the way the story was told um you know growing up in that growing up in that environment and uh you know and and, and being influenced by so many things. It just felt like it was a character that was influenced by so many things but at the end he he becomes he just becomes his own man you know through all of it uh um you know he dates an african american which at that time was unheard of um you know goes about his own way has influence because you know of his mob friends and then influence from his father and i think it's one of those where it's 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 it's, it's a unique one for me and i'm not trying to sound like a film critic i'm far from it but it's it was watching that was just interesting to just watch that specific character grow up and watch all of these things mold him but yet he was just going to still go on and be his own man after all of this so you know that's that's what i took from bronx tale i might be totally crazy but um you know but that's but that's that but no i would go godfather goodfellas and then bronx tale just right behind goodfellas i thought it was a great movie
1: yeah all three good movies all three really great all right.
0: Uh, next up
1: uh, from the Calcio guys, our friends over up north, uh, they ask who would make each of your all-time Calcetto five-side teams. This is tough.
0: Wow.
1: Because you're obviously going to have to pick uh, some players that are that mean something personal to you. Not necessarily be the best players of all time, but you know, sure. like for me, Chef. Sheva. Chef is going to be in there just because I. I he's my favorite player of all time. How am i not going to pick him. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first?
0: You go first. You go first. I'm interested.
1: Ah, this is difficult. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Um, just shooting from the hip, uh, you know. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, these are all gonna be players. Not. I'm not gonna include the goalie in this. Um, I would probably pick Cheva. Uh, Baggio is having someone who can uh, dictate the play. Probably the original Ronaldo, uh, and then two defenders. I'm gonna put Nesta and Maldini.
0: Um, don't you have a? Do you, don't you have to have a goalkeeper? Or how are we doing this? I don't need a goalkeeper with that defense. Okay. <laughs> you one, should, of them, I- one of them can just be a sweeper keeper right there you go nice. okay um yeah that's a good team um well i'm gonna i'm, I'm just gonna do it based on you need it, based on needing a goalkeeper um and obviously it'll be buffon um but then after that i, I might I'll, I'll go with maldini uh roberto baggio uh shevchenko uh, and then rounding out that team, I'm going to go with Dejan Zavicevic. Okay. Uh, so I give myself four players that you know they they all played for Milan. I mean, Baggio. All of mine did. <laughs> yeah, Baggio cameoed for Milan, but um, you know, but I get a you know I get a player like Zavicevic who could just do everything skillfully. Um, I mean, you you got skilled players and you got Maldini who can blow up everything and then just. Pass the ball to one of these guys. So, you know, and it's tough cutting out some of these other guys. But if I had to go with it, I would, I would, I would go with those. I would go with those five. There's a
1: great video going out, and I forget who posted the video, and I apologize. Um, But it was basically the original Ronaldo versus Maldini, and. Pretty much fifty percent of the video is one getting 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 it up over the other so Maldini the first half of the video is like Maldini just constantly shutting down Ronaldo second half of the video is Ronaldo' taking it past uh, Maldini so two two you know all time greats going at each other uh, and it's become it's pretty much a split battle there uh, which mm-hmm. is what you would expect right you know as as talented as both those players are for their particular trade uh, they were so good they you know they could each one up each other but they could also stop the other one so it was great hmm Really great. So sure. um okay. Yeah, that's a difficult one. I'm I'm curious what other people are uh, what their what their five aside teams would be, uh goalkeeper included or not. Uh so uh let's move it on. Um Ken Chiofrede from Far From Vesuvius Podcast. Uh, he asks, How would you play out the rest of the season? Two games a week for a while? Do you think the season should start again? If not, how do you decide the placement for Europe and relegation? And I kinda we kinda already touched base a little bit about the um, European spots and relegation. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Frank, uh, in terms of the European spots, you know, whoever's in the spots at the moment, if the season were not to continue, would get those positions. We think they're deserved. Uh, and there's no one really in any of those positions or around those positions that can leapfrog the other um, with games in hand or anything like that. So, um, you know, having, you know, inter. Uh, Lazio, Juve, and Atalanta for Champions League, and then uh, Europa League would be Napoli and what was it Roma? I think. Yep. Uh, I'm fine with that. And the relegation, uh, I think we kind of agreed that maybe you know don't relegate anybody in the bottom three, but maybe bring up you know the top three from the Serie B and have a little bit um, a few more teams in in the, in the league for the next season. I'm not against that really. Um, I mean, Brescia probably should go down spa as well. Uh, and then it's difficult to say who the next, the third team would be. But you know, with a shortened season, you know, maybe some of those teams could get out of it. Who knows? Uh, but I would love to. I, I would, you know, if they're not going to get relegated, I still would like to see teams who did really well in Serie B, like the Benevento team, is just amazing under Inzaghi. Uh, I'd love to see them come up and and see what they can do in Serie A next season. And then maybe we really have the worst team can go down that, the following year. Um, it would hurt also probably Serie B in terms
0: of you know losing three teams, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just, just shit on the leg below us. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, we, we talked about that. And I think as far as the Europa League, I think you could probably get Milan in there as the Coppa Italia representative. Right. Right. With Inter Napoli and Juve already occupying, uh, European places. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the kicker is the relegation. You know, Phil Shane made a great point. What do you, you, know, Lecce, who's only three points behind, was it 13th? Um, yeah, 13th and 14th,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, so, how do you tell them they have to go down? Uh, you know, yeah, 14th, Udinese, excuse me. Um, how do you tell them that they have to go down? Uh, as an example, Spal and Brescia, it's, you know, a little bit more far fetched. And, you know, while they're mathematically still in it, it's a challenge, it's going to be a huge challenge for them to try to, um, Uh, get out of that get out of the positions that they're in to survive so yeah I mean the biggest question you have to ask is what do you do with relegation and you mean you keep all you keep all of these teams up and just maybe bring up Benevento and Crotone who are one and two in Serie B but then you have Frosinone who is two points back of Crotone and say hey wait a minute yeah um what about us so I like
1: the I like the shot about uh, having a relegation playoff between the bottom three and the of
0: Serie A and maybe the top three of of Serie B or something like that. That'd be interesting. I think you probably just considering where Lecce is at the t- you know you know I think that you could conceivably do something where maybe Crotone and Frozenoni plays off to see who plays Spal. Okay. Okay. Um, and then Benevento will play off against Brescia. You know. Honestly, and I think based they, on
1: current form of between, you know, these bottom dwellers in City A and the top in Seti B, Benevento might come out winners out of all of us. You know, yeah. if they played if play the tournament, you know, based mm-hmm. on current form.
0: Sure, sure. They're I mean either they're winning or drawing everything in sight. I think they just they, they only have one loss on the season. Yeah, um you know, so so people in Zoggy's done an amazing job, but he's done an amazing job in in SETI B. When he gets him up to Serie A, he's crap. So, you know, that's the problem. I, I love people. Uh, he scored so many amazing, important goals from Milan through his yeah. playing career. But as a manager, he, he gets it done in the, in, in the small leagues. He just hasn't made the leap as a manager yet. So, so we'll see. I think that those are the questions. Now, as for resuming the season, I think it's a scenario where there's 12 to 13 match weeks for everybody. And considering that European games have to get factored in still, uh, teams are going to probably have to play every three days. Uh, throughout the summer. So, you know, if you're trying to get a tight window and then, you know, maybe a month off after the seasons are complete before starting the next season, um, where that one month can be your transfer window, uh, where everybody can go absolutely nuts.
1: Yeah, I heard rumors uh, circulating throughout Europe that the that, uh, transfer window would be a month and no more probably.
0: Right. So... You get things done if you can play every three days. If you, if you, we can get this started by the end of May, can play every three days, including the European competitions. You can probably have the Champions League be done, the final be done that second weekend of August, okay? And then from there, a month, a one month break. Players can take a take a holiday for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, depending on whatever their seasons end. Uh, and then they can come back for a couple of weeks of training before resuming the next season. They don't need to be off that long because they're off right now. Uh, you know, Phil illustrated all this beautifully last week. And then you start, you resume the the new season sometime around maybe middle of September. Um, and then you're going to have some pileup. Uh, you're probably taking away some winter breaks for most of the leagues in Europe, but you have some pile up where you can get this all done. Uh, and then, you know in a reasonable time frame to have the national team to be able to step in and have their teams get ready for the continental competitions in summer of 2021 euros and CONMEBOL's uh copa america so that's what i think will probably happen i think we're i think if there's going to be a resumption of play you're you're basically going to have to brace these teams for playing every three days
1: Yeah, I think they need to. uh, They can get away with that playing every three days. Uh, I mean, the teams who are in European spots do that pretty much already, right? Right. Uh, So I think if you give them a solid, you know, month to forty-five days to train, so they can be at tip-top shape, so when it when it does start, you know, injuries will be um, minimal. I think it'll work out. You play every three days. Um, It'll be interesting how they do with the Europe with the European games. I heard that they wanted to host the Champions League finals on like August 29th or something crazy, so um, that could pe- that could push the start date for next the following season a month back. Um, so I'm curious to see how that works out but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's totally doable to play every three every three games you know kind of do it like with Europe you know playing the weekends and then play you know a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Thursday game or something like that. Um, certainly certainly possible there and um, yeah, uh, it should be interesting. I think it's probably the most likely thing that'll happen. Um, but, you know, let's let's say tune to the next few days and see how things really shape up. It's still a long way to go. Um, you know, if the season does start end of May, at least, you know, if they're going to get allow the player, the team to go back on the pitch and, and train, I know they'll do that in Germany, um, then that's the most important thing for, at least for them getting back in shape is, you know, getting in practice and getting back in shape, so. Indeed, indeed. Good
0: question, Ken. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And hey, uh, oh. far, far from Vesuvius, boys, we're going to have to get you guys on soon.
1: Absolutely. Hopefully we'll talk about some games. Yep. Uh, but either way, yeah, it's been a while since so we talked talk to those guys. A great group of guys there. Yep. Thank and you. Cal. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, next Calcio question. Uh, it's uh, several questions from Michael Lisi. Oh, God. Uh, f- <laughs> we'll start off first with, uh, what are the chances that all these leagues and the Champions League all agree on the same parameters to finish this season? And would it be insane to shit-can it all and just play the Euros after all?
0: Well, you're not going to play the Euros after, after. You're not going to play the Euros after all. Um, if they've already decided to move it a year back, that's going to be awfully hard uh, to set the logistics between now and, and and being able to start it on time or in a reasonable time frame. Um, so that's that's one opinion. Can you get all of these leagues to start in unison uh, and finish in unison? I think you're yep. going to have some start a little earlier and finish a little earlier. Germany is chief Bundesliga
1: among them. May 9th, yeah. I think is where they're starting.
0: Yeah, and Bundesliga, I mean, Germany Germany didn't get whacked by this. So they're 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 moving ahead and they're going to be able to resume May 9th, like you said, and they're going to be able to be done before everybody else. But everybody else is still, you know, there's still parameters and there's still a lot of precautions. I mean, Belgium decided to shit can it. So did Holland. Yep. Um, you know, so you're probably going to have a handful of federations say, we're done, we're just going to start up next season, whenever you tell us that is. Um, And that's fine too. I don't think there's going to be a wrong answer either way. Um, But to try to have them all do it in concert with each other is going to be impossible because I think every country uh, is different. I mean, you know, Italy and Spain are, Italy, Spain, and, and to an extent France are all in that category of, It's it, they're 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 at very high levels right now in terms of, you know, in terms of mortality, in terms of cases and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't give. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but England's climbing right now, aren't they?
1: Uh, yes, yes they are. Okay, like so
0: us. you know, so everybody's got a different case. Every every case is different and unique. Um, England may not be. You know, if if Italy's trying to target being ready by by the end of May, England may not be ready to do that. So, um, England may be starting maybe around mid June as an example. So there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of factors with all of this. I mean, we're all, we're all everybody, everybody, Richard and I, everybody, listen, we're all flying blind on this one. So even the federations are flying blind on this one. So, um, no answers wrong. Um, there are some, there no answers, no answers wrong, but some answers could end up being wrong. So.
1: Yeah, um I I don't I think the likelihood that uh the chances that all these leagues will agree is going to be very very low. Um you know, the chances of them starting on time is going to be low as it is because we know as you mentioned the Bundesliga is going to start very soon here. Uh and then uh, you know, we're looking at Serie A resuming maybe end of May, maybe early June. Um and if, you know, some leagues have been canceled and other ones have probably no no end in sight for this virus at the moment. So uh, they're not going to be on the same page. Um, and getting Champions League UEFA on the same page as well is going to be difficult. As I, I, I think UEFA is going to have their own mindset, their own priorities, and their priority is getting the Champions League and Champions League final completed. So they're going to be like the hell with the rest of the leagues that we just care about. You know, getting this completed because this is our money maker. Um, so I don't think they're going to be any chance of being in agreement um, with parameters and all that stuff. Maybe in terms of safety, yes, you know, everyone's going to be behind closed doors. I think that's going to be unanimous. Uh, For sure, but other than that, I I don't think there's gonna be any really uh, concrete agreement. But you know, you got to do what you got to do, and for each 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 league's gonna have a different scenario. Um, You know, some areas are worse than others. So, um, would it be insane to shit can the whole season? No, we kind of been uh, we've kind of said that we would be fine with how it is. Two thirds of the season has been played, and you know. we don't see too much change at the top. Uh, I mean, maybe, obviously, the first and second place teams in City, yeah, there could be a lot of uh, of change there. But other than that, I mean, for the most part, teams are going to be in the general area where they're going to be uh, when the season finishes, if it does finish. And, um, yeah, you already hit about the Euros, uh, I think. Uh, it, well it would be great if Euros wasn't postponed and we we're going to play it this year, yeah, go for Euros. But uh, it's going to be delayed, so um, I don't even have to worry about that. Then,
0: Yep, Indeed. All right, uh, next
1: question from him. Uh, what would you guys rather have, a future Scadetto... Oh, this is a difficult one. Uh, what would you guys rather have, a future Scadetto for Milan or the chance to go watch Milan, uh, a live Milan derby uh, victory for the Rosaneri alongside all of the Calcio Twitter heads, including Nima and Alex, uh, included <laughs> in that? Um, <laughs> the hell with those guys? No, I'm just kidding. Um, this is, that's a difficult one. So this is what I'm going to answer. Uh, I would rather... Go watch a live Milan derby with all you Calcio heads. Everyone to ask questions. Everyone, even even Nima and, and Alex and the Inter fans. The caveat is Milan is not going to win
0: the Cudet- Scudetto, but they're going to win the Champions League. I, 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 I'll, I I'm with you, but can we like with how about how about doing this with the Scudetto on the line? Ooh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, In an ideal more. world, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough Scudetto wins from Milan. I, I have not been to a live game with all the Calcio heads, so no, we so been. I guess I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that would be
1: fun. That would be a lot of fun, I think. Honestly, yep. so
0: yep. I would love to do that. That would be great.
1: I'm curious. What, I'm curious what Milan fans think about this. Uh, you know, please chime in on this question. Uh, give us your answers. And also, Inter fans, I want to hear your question. Would would you rather see, uh, you know, see Inter win the Scudetto or or go to a live game? Uh, and, and 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 hang out with the rest of these fans out here. So I, I'm sure, but I know what they're going to answer. But you know, uh.
0: of course, as much as I love all of you and, and dearly enjoy interacting with all of you, I I want to see my team win a damn scudetto too. So just like, yeah, yeah, that's a good question, Mike. Good job.
1: Um, what is the third question? Uh, well, he did ask, uh, <laughs> it's non-catchy related, uh, what what is your absolute worst memory of the NFL draft? Uh, for me, when the Redskins drafted Heath Schuler uh, oh. with the fifth pick <laughs> in 1994
0: or whatever it was, see, now as a Steeler fan, I really don't have a lot to complain about. With they, they always draft well, you know. Um, it's really hard to look at a draft and say, "Man, I what were we, what were we thinking?" How about a draft moment? Not, maybe
1: not necessarily with the Steelers, but just a moment in general. The Packers drafting Tony Mandarich. <laughs> what about the boss getting uh again what's again? Didn't they get the top pick
0: back in oh, many years ago? And then he decided not to play. And yeah. then I, yeah, there was that and then um gosh, what was it? Um I think there was a uh I can't remember who the Colts drafted. Oh, they drafted Trev Alberts and it was on ESPN and Mel Kuyper absolutely lost his shit because he said there's no reason the Colts need Trev Alberts. And the general, whoever the the general manager of the Colts was at the time, because like Kuiper went off and the general manager of the Colts caught that on TV. And then they interview him and he's like, I don't know who this guy is you have up there or something like that. (laughs) And that was just this back and forth soap opera. You thought you were in Italy just for a few minutes. These guys going off on each other. Um, that was, uh, that was priceless too. Um, so yeah, I mean, as a Steeler fan, I don't, typically especially in recent years there's not a whole lot I've had to complain about with and they don't have a first-round pick this year but I don't mind that because they traded it for a guy who ended up being a pro bowler for the Minka Fitzpatrick so uh, everyone
1: you've drafted has worked well for you guys
0: yeah yeah so you know you know you know Kevin Colbert and and Mike Tomlin seem to draft well and get guys that get in there and do well so um, it's it's hard for me to pick out a guy that i look at that they drafted and said oh god but the the tony manderich getting drafted by the packers and having all of this hype and then turning out that he was just the product of he was just a walking anabolic steroid yep um and didn't amount to anything was probably probably one of the funnier ones for me so
1: this is a funny question uh he also asked uh last one what current current or former player or coach would you love to sit down and have a beer and watch a game with and two names for me jump out of top of my mind and this is for personal reasons i would love to sit down and have a beer with pep guardiola probably wine with pep guardiola just to get into his mind and hear what he's thinking about games and just you know i think it'd be great conversation no matter what language you're talking with him uh and then jurgen klopp seems like he'd be someone fun to drink a beer with and just you know fucking shit house it uh, I think it'd be an awesome time to have with him. Uh, they're not Milan or, or maybe Serie A related, but I think those two names just pop up the top of my top of my mind.
0: Those are great shouts. Um, those are definitely great shouts. <sighs> that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw one that's just goofy. It has, and it's not even in Italy. Uh, uh, Joe Kinnear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mesmerized by that press conference where his first thing is he's just absolutely berating this reporter. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's someone I want to sit down and have a beer with and watch a football match with, especially a team that he supports and has a vested interest in. I would probably just laugh the entire—I would not be bored (laughs) watching a match with him. Um, (laughs) Eric Cantona would be fun, too. Yeah, he would. I mean, but did you see him when he gave that— speech when he when he won that award last summer no i didn't nobody I it, nobody didn't knew what it. the fuck he was talking about he <laughs> just got up there and just started saying random things you know he was and drunk probably <laughs> pro- sure <laughs> i don't even I don't, I don't even know but um i i would i would say my other choice would be ancelotti to i mean i'm not i'm not a wine drinker and he's a wine connoisseur uh, and be able to sit and, and he's a, he's a tactical guy. He understands the game and just to kind of learn, just to sit and learn from him. So one guy that I could drink a beer with and listen to him go off and just laugh at. And <laughs> then another guy that I can sit and listen to. That's kind of how I've got it. Pirlo would be, Pirlo purely, purely would be fun to drink wine with. Sure. At his, at his vineyard. Sure. <laughs> sure. No doubt about it. So
1: reliving the uh, 2006 World Cup. So, yeah, um, Okay, yeah, that's a a good question. Um, Mark Neal, he asked, good friend of the show, he asked, um, and we kind of already answered this, how do you both think the season should be decided if they can't finish a campaign with remaining games? You know, we kind of already uh, went over this. Um, We think two games a week, you know, like they do for the European teams. um, I think that's probably the best way to do it to get the games done as quick as possible so it doesn't affect the the next season coming up uh, too much.
0: Yep. Next, day, Yeah. I mean, every, you know, which, you know, two games and what we mean by two games is a week is a weekend game and a midweek game. So every three to four days, um, you know, and we talked about how, you know, if it ends, what we were going to do top four, go to the Champions League, fifth, sixth Europa League, maybe Milan, it's uh, the Copa Italia rep. And then the, the challenge is figuring out what to do with the relegation spots. And, you know, we've decided we've discussed some sort of playoff. I, I, you don't have to make Juventus champion. I mean, but they are top of the table. And if you really feel the need to have a champion or, you know, at, at much to the chagrin of Lazio supporters, that's, that's what you do. But yeah, uh, I think that that's, that's what, that's what would happen with the, what, what the table currently, because Belgium's already done that and they've made club Rouge their champion. So, yep. um, you know, so it's, uh, that, that that's the way, you, that's the way you would probably end up looking at it.
1: Yeah, good question though. Good question. Uh, okay, this is like kind of a two-part question, but we'll ask the first part. The first one comes from Sabrina Belmonte. Uh, she's from uh, she's she's an awesome, awesome follow on 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 Twitter and just in general. Uh, she asks if you guys weren't Milan fans, what other Italian team could you see yourself supporting? And one of the caveats is you cannot pick Atalanta. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> Make it difficult. Well, I would probably take more interest in the clubs where my roots are from okay. uh so i would i would be supporting napoli um my mom's side is from a town called potenza outside of which is outside of napoli and i don't know yeah, if potenza, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah i don't know if potenza has a club um, they do. They do. they do all right so i'd support potenza then i don't know how good they are they're probably in the lower divisions lower or yeah. yeah but yeah so I would probably just, I'd, I'd probably make it easy and just say Napoli. Uh, and then I would, uh, I would support Palermo. Um, oh yeah. My father's, my father was Sicilian, um, and was from Porticello. His family, um, there are actually Crivello still over there. Um, Roberto Crivello plays for Palermo. Is that right? I, I
1: don't know if he's related. Probably is, he probably but, yeah. is. Yeah. I gotta look into that. He's a left back. Uh, I know this because I am playing with Palermo in my football manager series. And so a Cri- we're currently
0: in Serie B by the way. A Crivello that's a defender. Now we're not related. Um, <laughs> so he scores a lot of goals. If that makes any difference. Does he? Okay. Well yeah, then, then for then me, we... for me, for me. Oh, for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so those would be, those would probably be the two, you know, and I, I, do have a soft spot for both of those teams just because that's kind of where my roots are from. That's where my Italian roots come from. um, You know, so when they, you know, when Napoli plays Milan and beat them, I don't really get that mad. Um, So, uh, you know, and same with Palermo. It's not as embarrassing for me as it would be for everybody else. Uh, But that's, those would be the teams I would probably end up supporting if I wasn't supporting Milan.
1: Yeah, it's a tough question, right? Um, I, you know, definitely based on, you know, playing or Playing with Palermo and the football manager, I would obviously have to pick with them as one of the teams. Um, obviously, I, I like Crotone Car- when following them when they were in Serie A. It was fun to watch them and their fans. Obviously, Lecce fans are amazing, and so it would be, it'd be cool to follow them. Uh, but I probably would say Fiorentina. Yeah. Uh, jumping the Chloe Beresford bandwagon. Um, Fiorentina, just you know, with the history, I, I love the Tuscan region in general. So um, this team would be it would seem like a no-brainer for me. Uh, probably Fiorentina, I, w- I would say, would be the team I, w- I would follow if it was uh, if I was not a Milan fan. Um, and then there's a follow-up question, which uh, it asks: What would it take for you to support either Inter, Juve, or Lazio? This came from a Roma fan.
0: Oh. Who asked this? Uh,
1: Boston Giallorossi. Oh Jesus.
0: <laughs> um. What would it take to be?
1: What would it take to support a sign me under contract to get paid for life? Yeah, <laughs> no, um, man, of those three, te- uh, let's just stick with those three teams. What would it take to, uh, yeah, Lazio fans are probably going to hate me for this, but I, I don't think I could, I could,
0: uh, every man has his price, Richard. It's
1: true. I mean, if they, if the clubs want to pay me, I will support whoever they want me to, yeah. but, um, I have my reasons for Lazio not choosing them, but Juve and Inter, my goodness. Oh, oh. that is difficult. <laughs> if you went based on, uh, simply based on theme songs for these clubs, I'd say Inter, or Juve have the better theme song. You but, like that? Man, you
0: like that? I do like, that I do like it.
1: I do like it. I do like it. I'm not going to lie. Roma has a really good one as well, Napoli. Uh,
0: Napoli has but, a great one
1: uh but yeah those three teams man i gosh i don't know i honestly if if i spent times and if i got to spend time like if one of those clubs want to buy me a timeshare there and i can spend some time there i will i'll support whoever
0: (laughs) (laughs) um i would have to be paid gobs and gobs and gobs of money yes um yeah, i mean i would have to be paid to the point where i don't have to work anymore uh, you would have to provide me with a private jet that allows me to fly from my home to Italy to see games.
1: Our sons would have to be guaranteed spots on their team as a senior member.
0: Yeah, my son my son would have to my son would have to be allowed to play in the youth system and be the team's captain. Um, <laughs> let's see. And uh gosh. And my daughter would have to play in the women's team in that club and be that team's captain. <laughs> and uh You'd have to be part owner you have to pay for my residency there. Um, (laughs) gosh, what else? Uh, yeah, you'd have to pretty much roll out the red carpet for me and then some, uh, and even then I might have a hard time switching allegiance. So that's a tough question. That's a loaded question. Yep. For
1: sure. (laughs) Um, that wasn't fair. It was not fair. I wasn't ready for that one. (laughs) Uh, Jerry Mancini asks, "What are your thoughts on the future of this club?" And he's talking about Milan. Uh, do you see it returning to the glory days, or could you see, or or could we see a new Milan? That's difficult. We're in. We're in this is not obviously the banter era, but this is a arguably a more difficult time because there's so much questions in the air between the players, the the managers, the management team. Uh, so many unknowns right now. Uh, but I think personally me, um, I think the future is going right. They're building young at the moment. Uh, Singer is fairly stable at the moment. You know we've had so- a lot of owners it seems like recently. Uh, but he's, a, he's one sabling force and, and the name that hes you know, that are, are linked with him and what he's trying to bring in makes sense. Ranikk makes sense. Gazitas, I, I get why the, you know, you and uh, you and Phil had some great conversation about Godzitas and why they, why that makes sense, why he does well. So um, I think the future is bright. Um, how long it's gonna take. If it's not next year, maybe the year after, I think before they become like attenders again uh in Syria and maybe Europe. Um but yeah, I think Glory Days will return and just it will take time. All clubs go through these these cycles yeah. where they go they're really great and then they're not. Barcelona was was not for a while and now they're really great and they're starting to go back down now. Real Madrid had their time and every every big club has had their their time. So Liverpool just came back. Yep, obviously. So um yeah, it it's uh It goes ebbs and flows, and I believe there will be a glory days again. Because the fans, as someone mentioned on Twitter, the fans won't let them not succeed.
0: And I've said this on on, uh, the play-by-play pod with Sabrina, and I said this on Calcio Connection with Alex and Jerry. Um, Milan are slowly coming out of the bottom. They just don't have the results that show it yet. The only question that needs to be asked is how high is the trajectory going to be? Um, and you've seen to your point, Liverpool, Barcelona, right now, Manchester United, they've not recovered from Fergie, Fergie leaving. Um, and they're, they're in that downswing. Yeah. Um, you know, so the great clubs just, you know, find they, they, they get into these valleys. It happens, uh, you know, and it happens all through the history of a club. So, um, you know, I see them slowly working their way out. Um, I think the reason why we don't see it as positive as we normally do because you have an impatient fan base that's been waiting for a long time. Um, you know, but I think it's getting better. I think the team will continue to get better before long they'll, they'll win they'll win titles again, okay um, But what remains to be seen is how far away are we from that? So, and that's that's the relative unknown. So,
1: that's yeah, that's a good answer. Um, Vito Doria he asks uh, a really good question. Uh, two questions, really. Uh, first question is: If they don't finish the current season, should any Serie A teams be relegated? In your opinion, uh, we already kind of said uh, we don't um, want to see anybody relegated if they if they're not finishing the season. Maybe have a kind of playoff system with the Serie B teams or something. But um, at minimum, no one gets relegated off the bat straight up uh, just because, you know, there's, it's too close to call at the bottom right now. And, and even with Lecce being so close to a mid-table position, um, it would be unfair just to relegate them right now. So um, they should at least stay in the league if, if or at worst, you know, going to play off with the, some of the Serie B teams. Um, but his second part of the question he asked was uh, – uh, he wants to hear from both you and I on our thoughts on promo- promotion in Serie B and uh instead of a simple just yes or no uh what are our thoughts on the promotion um and le- let's use the, let's use the example of not relegating anyone in Serie A so we we kind of talked about how a possible playoff right um but uh if they weren't doing the playoff what teams would you want to see get promoted or how how do, you, how do you think the whole system should be
0: um I think you need to specialize this process. If you're not relegate anybody. Okay. Um, Benevento has to go up. They're twenty points clear.
1: Yeah. All right? Fair for them not
0: to do. Yeah. So that puts you at twenty one. So then what do you do? Okay. Typically you take three teams up, it's the top two in City B, and then, you know, three through eight playoff for the remaining place. Um, in a in a normal environment. Well, the points are so close. Crotone is on 47, Frozenone 47, or, uh, Crotone 49, Frozenone 47, Pordenone 45, Spezia 44, Cittadella 43, Salernitana 42, and Chievo 41. That I think you have a seven team playoff for the right to be the second team to make 22 teams and have a 22 team season. Okay. You can, so you, you know, so you play 40, so everybody's going to play 42 games instead of 38. Um, and then uh, in that instance, you know, Crotone gets a bye. All right. Frozenone would play Chievo, and the winner of that will play the winner of Pordenone and Salernitana. And then Crotone would play the winner of Spezia and Cittadella. Okay, and you, you play that off all the way through. I think that that would make the most sense, given the current table with CDB. b
1: yeah no I, I agree with that um yeah because it's it's tough you, you if you don't want to if, if the season were to end for some reason or whatever uh you don't want to relegate anybody just off the bat um but in, in, in the same breath people are going to say well you can't bring up anybody from CDB," b and i disagree with that uh kind of like you said if you had 22 teams in there at least it's a that's you know a couple a few more teams than normal and uh, having just a, a relegation playoff battle for those teams to determine who uh, who are the twenty two teams are gonna who's gonna round out the twenty two in, in Serie A would be a good way to do it. Um, I you know like I, I said I said earlier I think Benevento would hold her own they'd probably win that tournament and be one of the teams in Serie a. Uh and then who who after that would would fall in that's a good question I honestly do not know who would. Who would who would come out of that playoff? Crotone would obviously do well. Frosinone possibly, um, uh, you know, Spal and Brescia. Curious how they would do. Obviously, they have some Serie A players. They got Torre yeah. Grosso, Balotelli, and so maybe they would do well. But it'd be interesting. I would watch that tournament. Yeah. Um, so I'm. I think that'd be probably the best way to do to handle the Serie B promotion teams. Um. So yeah, it, it, it's it's curious. I just I don't want them to if the season were to end today, like for some reason did not continue, um, don't drop the bottom three teams and not promote anybody. I think if at, at the worst case scenario, leave the teams in Serie A and add the teams from Serie B, you know, the two or three teams. Um, but I like the playoff system the best I think would do the West, the team tournament or whatever, and uh, figure out the, bet, the winner. Winners take all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So
1: thanks Vito. Yeah, that's a good question. A Serie B doesn't get as much love as it should. It's, no, it it's doesn't. It's a fantastic, fantastic league. Um, okay, let's see. Um, uh, Ruzinho Dos Santos asks, who would you rather see win the Champions League? <laughs> it's another one of those questions. Juventus or Inter? This is a Milan fan asking Milan fans. Uh, who would you rather w- see win Champions League, Inter or Juventus? Um,
0: Inter. Just because i so hard. <laughs> and it's 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 actually funny, and I know that this is. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Juve fans, that you're if you're listening. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you. Um, maybe I do, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny watching you try so hard for something and then fail every year. <laughs> it's just like it's 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 like the it's it's like you got it's like the you know the the the, the class. Uh, when you're in school, right, you know, and, and there's guys and there's girls, and and there's the, there's the pretty girl, and there's the guy that wants that pretty gr- and and just makes it glaringly obvious. <laughs> and he makes all these overtures and passes and lines and flatters her and says all these wonderful things, and she just has no interest in him. That's what's going on with Juventus's, like inability to win this damn thing. So <laughs> that's why just because it's just funny to watch Juve trip over themselves. It's gotten comical. <laughs> it really has. I feel like you're
1: talking about Pretty in Pink. <laughs> I'm <just kidding.
0: laughs> I have, Is that a movie? It is.
1: <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Uh, no, it, it is also fun to, to make fun of Juve for losing you know, so many finals in a row, right? Um, I would probably – would probably going to go with Juve just because uh, I think they have been one of the better teams in Europe – over the last, you know, handful of years. And so um, just to have an ending to that and say, okay, you finally won I get the hell out of here. Um, You know, uh, Inter, uh, though I wouldn't mind them. I mean, I saw them win with Mourinho not too long ago, and uh, that was painful to watch. Um, I don't want, as well as they're doing right now, the team, I should say, I don't want them to do that much more well. Where They're going to get that much closer to us in terms of – Uh, Champions League titles and so uh, I'm just going to pick Juve and and this one just to make a a counter argument and um, (laughs) like I said, they they have been the better of, they've been one of the better teams in Europe over the last handful of years and so they've been to two finals uh, lost both of them pretty bad but uh, um, you know it would be another it would add to the argument of who's better, Messi or Ronaldo Uh, not that I want to get into that debate but it would just, (laughs) you know, people would be like, oh he won with another team, you know, and um it would be it would be it would be something special to see a player he'd be what the second player to win a team uh win oh no he wouldn't uh Sierdorf won with three teams, so never mind forget yep. that forget that statement
0: yep, yeah, don't forget about Clarence he's kind of kind knows how to these win these things too, so he is royalty yeah he is
1: righty um ba-ba-ba-bum. let's ask some of the last last running this up we're now going to the non uh, Calcio questions. Um, we asked Steve's already. We asked that one. Where is? Oh, Critty, <laughs> Critty Smith. He asks, He wants your opinion. This is for you, Frank, specifically. Oh God! Uh, why do the Milwaukee Bucks? Why did the Milwaukee Bucks create COVID nineteen in a lab and spread it to the NBA season so it could get canceled? All because they were scared to face the Orlando Magic in the first round and didn't want to get embarrassed. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, I think that it was just as a precaution because Giannis <laughs> was starting to have problems with his knee, and they wanted to get him back. You know, make sure he's healthy. So yeah, they What's created in the water the in Milwaukee.
1: You and him both got knee problems.
0: Well, Giannis is a freakish athlete. I'm a fat, middle aged guy. Fetish okay, <laughs>
1: athlete.
0: He did his. He did his playing basketball and and landing funny. Uh, or you know, getting getting hacked by Avery Bradley of the Lakers and landing funny. I did mind trying to step on a ladder. Okay, so it's not nothing to do with the water. It just has to do with the <laughs> level of activity, you know. And that I'm much more susceptible to injury over something so simple. And he has to have something outrageous happen to him to get hurt. So, um, <laughs> so no. Uh, why are you asking that, Critty? You know, I mean, we, he's we, stuck we, at what? home. He's got nothing else to do. We wipe our ass with the Orlando Magic in four games. You really want to do that? Uh, <laughs> so. I got no dog in the hunt.
1: My my Wizards yeah. are like one of the worst in the league, so.
0: <laughs> you need John Wall back. Yeah, so. yeah, and 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 no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Let's end it there. <laughs> and uh, Hach, Hachimura is not bad for you guys. He's 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 going to be a player for you. So.
1: Yeah, Bill's Bill stepped up for us this year. But yeah, there's no defense still. No. All right. This uh, last question is also for you. I, I think it's more for you than than me, but um, uh, it comes from our friend Art Morelli, uh, another DC native as am I. Um, he asks, "How do you make your Negroni? He needs his needs are go to gin ratio, garnish, and vessel. Uh, what? How do you make yours? There's been some ratios in there thrown in there in that tweet, but uh, what specifically for you? How do you make yours? Oh,
0: uh, I mean, I I, I don't. I, I... Crazy enough, I don't make many agroni, uh, but when I do one to one to one, uh, gin, sweet vermouth, campari, um, uh, okay. and I prefer tangerine. Um, I, I think that Derek had a, a gin out there that he said that he preferred for his, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, uh, I can't, I don't have it available to me right off the bat, right offhand, but um. And then a, a Monkey Forty Seven. That's was that's his gin, and I, I guess that's fine. I've never had it before. Um, but uh, a sweet vermouth and then Campati. Uh, you know, like I said, one to one to one. Orange slice is fine on ice, obviously, and then it's just a rocks glass. I mean, it's don't. I mean, you don't have to go crazy. It, at least in my opinion. Uh, but. You know, I think it's it's all it's all in what you put in and how you ratio it, and, and, and some of the things we talked about. Not that's about it. So, not a drink I often go to, but that's that's how I would do it when I do. So,
1: when I've had it, my uh, local bartender would make it for me. So that's uh, that's all I can contribute to that conversation. I'm more of a uh, bourbon guy. If you want to talk about some bourbon drinks, I can we can same. talk about that. But um, same, yeah. That's so have much you had
0: me. any? Have you had any during this uh, during this during this quarantine? Uh, I've had some. Uh,
1: whiskey or bourbon and cokes uh some whiskey straight up uh bourbon straight up um uh, but not much not much honestly i think i've actually drank very little during this time just because oh, good for you yeah not not intentionally just you know tired early and stuff like that
0: so sure now, elijah craig's great with coke i found that yeah, out yeah it is yeah um uh you see and you've got different whiskeys, and I mean because we, we've 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 morphed this into bourbons, and i've 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 shared my some of my bourbon collections this is our show this is you. our show, okay, we can do what we want sure, <laughs> sure. If we're not making Negroni that often, we should talk about what we really like um, but no, it was a great question, art, thank you, and that was my answer. Um, you know uh i there's not many that I have neat, very rarely will I have one neat um oh really yeah, uh uh will it is one that I'll have neat? Uh, angels envy. I'll have neat. Basil Hayden's I'll have neat. Um, but generally I'll, generally I'll have, I'll have it straight on ice. Um, and then if I'm mixing it's, you know, with Coke, it's Elijah Craig, um, sometimes makers, Mark, um, bullets great with seven up. Um, and then, uh, you know, after that, you know, after 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 that, you just you 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 want to enjoy the you just want to enjoy the bourbon itself. A lot of the stuff I have, I just want to enjoy the bourbon itself, and I don't want to really mix it with anything. And you just go easy on the ice, so I don't cut into the bourbon too much. So yeah, um, I drink
1: know. a lot. I drink a lot neat. Um, I'll do it on the rocks as well, or mix it with you know, uh, coke or or ginger ale. But yeah, I, I have no problem drinking with uh, just sipping it with um, uh, neat because it's it's yeah. Uh, and, then, and that can be Jack Daniels, or it could be something really good. I mean, it could be whatever. I have, yep. yeah. I just I enjoy it. I enjoy it like that.
0: Yep, but for sure. I'm
1: crazy, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I need something.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do, you do, you do. And if it's and and I'm at the I'm at the point in my life where I only need to, you know when I'm home I only need to have just one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just relaxes me and can go right to sleep. So
1: and don't hate me, but I've I've actually been uh, during during this COVID nineteen thing. The mo- thing I've drank the most actually has been um. Um, hard cider or uh, cider, cider. I drink a lot of cider. What was it? Um, oh, what's the famous one? Magners. No, it's another one. Uh, Strongbow. Strongbow. I've drank a lot of Strongbow. Okay. Lately, it just tastes right. I'm like, all right, all I
0: need is one. You know, just, that's all I need. There's no shame in that. No all shame right. in that. That is no all shame in that at all. I'm not being I'm not being sarcastic either. So. Uh, no shame in that at all. I haven't. I have enjoyed a bagner's or two in my time. So, um, so that's it. We'll put a bow on this edition of Serie a. Sit Down. Thank you all for all of your questions. Uh, time to shameless plug, Richard. Have at it.
1: Yeah. Uh, make sure you uh, not only obviously follow us on here on, on all the social medias, but uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to you know get as much content as we can out there. It's, it's obviously difficult with uh, being at home and trying to be creative, but uh, we just had a, we just released a, a, vlo- a new vlog series, I guess if you want to call it. Um, Calcio in the news we were talk, trying to talk about every team uh, and the most recent one was we talked about Brescia uh, the first vlog uh, talked about how um, Massimo Cellino's feelings towards uh, resuming the season which are not very uh are not good thoughts, I guess I would say. So uh, check that out, and every week we, or you know every week or whatever I can get around to it, or you know whoever one of us can get around to it, um, we're going to try to hit every team in the league. Uh, whatever whatever's popping up in the news about those clubs, we're going to try to talk about that. So just something something different, and then we'll try to add some other stuff as well on the YouTube page. So definitely check that out, and I'm um, gonna try to get some more of my Palermo series back up with Football Manager. Uh, trying to get them back to Serie A. We're in Serie B right now, so it's we're getting there.
0: Moving on up. So very nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21. Um, Check me out there on Twitter. Give me a follow. Um, I like getting into the banter just and uh, during this time of uh, no Calcio, a lot of the Calcio heads are just getting together and talking a lot about random things. And I I think it, it can get mildly entertaining, too. So. Um, so definitely check all that out. Sedia sit is available on Apple podcast and SoundCloud. We have our own channels there. Uh, also available on Stitcher, Spotify, just about anywhere, uh, podcasts can be found. You can find us, uh, as Richard alluded to our YouTube channel, Sedia sit down, check that out. Follow us at Sedia sit down on Twitter or Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Uh, so plenty of, vehicles for you to work with via the social media route, uh, give us a follow, check us out questions, uh, comments, suggestions for future podcasts. We're all ears. Let us know. Uh, so again, thank you guys uh, for all of the questions. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Hopefully the, some of the banter and some of the questions that we're answering are giving everybody some relief during this time. And you know, the culture is coming, the culture will come back hopefully uh, they're all meeting. They're all talking about it. And hopefully uh, we'll, before too long, have some games to recap. But meantime, Reggie and I will keep coming back with uh, podcasts to uh, hopefully keep you guys all entertained and informed. So uh, do give us a listen. Uh, and always tell your paisans about us. Ciao. make
1: it big.